Welcome to Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. And this is where we get a chance to answer all of your questions. So if you have a question for us, if you're not already watching on Facebook, head on over there. Leave your question in the comment section underneath. And that's where we get to those. While we give people a chance to start submitting some of those questions. Um, you had said you wanted to talk baseball, but like, no, no, yeah, we're not about that. that. It was um, a good game last night. It was a good game, but there you go. Yeah, we're, we're, I wanted to hear for you. Jason Pierre-Paul finally back at practice. We knew that over the bye week, mm -hmm. but we got a chance to finally hear more about it uh, in the media yesterday, really see more of a practice. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on where it seems like he is mentally, physically, and just overall the, the yeah. reactions from finally getting a chance to kind of hear and see him. I think what everybody wants to, the answer to is, is he going to play this weekend? And uh, it may be a few days till we know that. Both him and Coach Arians said the same thing. We'll see. The same two words as to whether he'd be activated in time for this game. Uh, but the, good, the takeaway for me is that he apparently feels great. He said he feels great. It's clearly not a, you said, mental and physical preparedness. Right. Clearly no issue, issue on the mental side. He is raring to go. He says, as soon as they clear me, I'm out there for, ga awesome. for games. He's already out there on the field. I mean, I think it's it's pretty indicative of where he is that he wasn't limited at all in practice. Yeah, that's and incredible. He was playing in pads last week when they had those little mini practices for him. And so he's already banged around in pads. He didn't have any limitations on him yesterday. And that was good because if there were any issues from the little practices he had in, during the bye week, they'd be showing up now. But he's fine. Right. In that same vein, it's going to be important to see how he, how he is today after yesterday's practice and how he is Thursday after Wednesday's probably a bit more grueling practice. Right. So, um, but everything looks really good. And I think it's, I think it's a pretty clear point that it shouldn't be too long in that we cleared out a roster spot, not only a spot on the 53 man roster, but a spot amongst the outside linebackers with the release of Devonte bond. And we haven't signed anybody yet. So mm. that spot's still sitting there. Sure. seems to me like it's waiting there for JPP. That's a now point. it, that doesn't mean it's necessarily necessary to activate them in time for this game, because you can go into a game with a 52 man roster. Mm -hmm. You just keep, six inactive instead of seven you right. got to get to 46 no matter where you start That's so if you weren't sure by the end of, if you thought by the end of the week you weren't going to play jpp on sunday it really doesn't make any difference whether you activate him or not hmm. in the same vein you could activate him but that doesn't necessarily mean he has to play Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. So it's it's a little it's going to be up in the air, I'm guessing, until Sunday. And and honestly, that's what a team does. What, what's the point of giving out information that they don't have to? Yeah, that, definitely not. And that seems to be how most teams approach it. That's how everybody does We're it. We're not yeah. going to tell you anything we don't have to. Um, David wanted to know if there's any updates on DeMar Dotson and Alex Kappa and what's being done to help the offensive line in the meantime. Well, there were no um, – there, no, there was no injury report after Tuesday's practice because it is a um, – it, it was a bonus day. So we'll have a better idea today if both those guys practice. I think it was it was pretty clear, even right after the injury to Kappa, that he definitely wasn't going to be ready for this game. And I think we'd be pretty lucky if Demar made it back too. So I would, if I'm a betting man, I think we're still where we were with Earl Watford and Josh Wells. And how do you help them? Well, two things: you just they have more time to prepare now. So hopefully, all that preparation helps them. And then you know you help an offensive lineman any way you would in any game. If you think that you're getting beat over there, you probably you know, you make that the strong side or you right. have the running back there to help, uh, you, you know, if that's where you're leaking, that's where you put the extra blocking. Right. right. Yeah. Um, Daniel said, uh, looking back at the Bucks' recent history, it doesn't seem like we make, make trades in season often. Do you see that changing at all this year? I don't see them staying put with the status quo. Well, 
if you took any team and looked over, say, the last 10 years, you would say this team doesn't make a lot of in-season trades because there aren't a lot of in-season trades. It's just trades. not common in the NFL. Okay, yeah. so like New England just did it, right? Can I, I don't remember the last time they did it. San Francisco just did it for Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the last time they did it. Does it seem like it's happening more overall mm. in the league than it used I, to? I think things are just maybe a little bit, and yeah. I would say the reason for that and also the trades right before the season are – I don't want to use the word tanking, but it's it's going through all the sports now. This process of okay, we're we're bad, right? Um, we might as well bottom out. The season's going nowhere, and we can get value for this guy. I mean, look at Atlanta with Muhammad Sanu getting a second round pick. It's almost like they can't say no to that, right? right. Their seasons, they know their seasons lost, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing, and um, they get you know. I think teams are more willing to do that now. Um, of course, you have to decide that you're in that situation, and I don't think that our team is going to decide that right now right. Um, so I don't think we'll be sellers except as Bruce said all that depends on what you're being offered at a certain point if you're being offered something what you're being offered is more value even than, if you didn't intend on yeah making I mean trade. you got to listen right? yeah you do uh, but I I, I understand he, he finished that question by saying I don't see us sticking with the status quo I understand why because there's a couple areas where this team hasn't performed very well mm-hmm. but Sometimes in the middle of an NFL season, it's not like Major League Baseball. In the middle of an NFL season, it can be pretty hard to find what you need. Right. I mean, yeah, New England found a receiver. There's been a couple receivers that were moved. If we needed a receiver yeah. badly enough, uh, maybe there's something like that. But I think what people like us to do is be better in the secondary, right? Right. Well, is that out there? Maybe, but... Yeah, Um, we've had several questions about Jameis, and I'm going to sort of lump them into one question to you. But they were along the veins of, um, do you see him getting benched at any point if there were more games like what happened? And then just overall kind of where we see his performance going in the future. Well, of course, if he had more games where he threw five interceptions, five, was it? Mm -hmm. Five and a lost fumble? Yeah. I mean, any quarterback that does that repeatedly is going to get benched. That's pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. I think that... Coach Arians believes that he can get to a point where Jameis, where that is an anomaly and not, as he said, something that happens like every five games. It right. needs to happen once in a blue moon, not once every five games. There's 10 games left. We're going to see. See the sample size. Now, yeah. I know there's a lot. The bigger question is whether the Bucks and Jameis Winston commit to each other for a longer term at the end mm-hmm. of the season. But in terms of just getting benched at some point this season, I would be surprised um, because I think you want to use those 10 games. Right. You want to use you every bit see, you can. Yeah. But, yeah, if, if any quarterback throws, you know, starts committing six turnovers a game, you, you have to bench him. Right, yeah. Um, Toby asked, have the Titans named Tannehill the starter again for this week? You know, I don't think they have specifically done so, but I'm not sure they really need to, right? They named Tannehill the starter before last week, so he's the starter. If you're going to make an announcement about your quarterback, it's because you're changing him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was 23 of 29 for about 312 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, a pass rating of like 106. They had their highest offensive output uh, in terms of yards in the season so far, and they won the game. Why would you change? Right. right. I don't see why it's even a question that Tennessee would not stick with Tannehill after the last game. Right. Uh, Eddie said, do you believe we'll be better than 7-9? and nine? That would have us going 500 for the next 10 games. 7-9 and nine would? I think he's yeah. saying that, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll be a little better than that, especially if we win at least one of these next two games on the road. The schedule in the second half is easier uh, in terms of, you know, you can't take anything for granted. But at this point, you do know a little bit. You do know, let say, Atlanta's struggling. Mm-hmm. we got two games against them. we got, we got a couple games against teams that are struggling in the final eight games of the season. Plus, we have five of those eight games at home. And I know home field advantage hasn't really done anything for us yet, but it's still there. It's still better than playing, like, in New Orleans. Right. So... 
Yeah, I think the schedule's a little easier down the stretch. You, you get one of the at least would be awesome to win two these next two games on the road, and we'd be in really good shape, I mm-hmm. think. But um, yeah, I, I I would say probably a little better than that. Okay, yeah. it's um, optimistic, but yeah. Uh, Brian said, "Who do you think will be the one player that will step up big mm. this week?" I guess I can't say Chris Guywin, right? Since he steps up, he's big already every been week. stepping up. Yeah, that, it wouldn't exactly be going out on a limb. <laughs> they have a very good secondary too. Um, uh, well, let's say. Uh, how about Carl Nassib? And the the biggest weakness for the Titans so far, the one that the Buccaneers really need to exploit this week, is their pass protection has been very bad. They're abs- they're dead last in the league in number of sacks allowed and sacks allowed per pass play. And that didn't change when they went from – you can't blame it all on Mar- Mariota. He did get t- sacked 25 times in his almost six games. But uh, Tannehill's played five quarters plus a little extra, like five minutes of another quarter – and since he took over, and he's been sacked six times. So clearly there's protection issues mm-hmm. there. Um, teams, as Coach said, teams in the last couple of games have been max protecting us again a lot more, mm-hmm. so that makes it tougher to get to the quarterback. But I think in this game somebody needs to get to the quarterback. Uh, it'd be, it would be wonderful to say, hey, it's JPP, he comes back and right. gets two or three sacks. But a safer bet probably is somebody, I think Shaq still continues to get extra attention. Carl got a sack in the last game. I think maybe he's ready to start heating up. A couple sacks from Carl Nassib, and, and that would really help our secondary out a lot. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, Eddie said, will they start the rookie cornerback soon? Well, they essentially are starting Sean Murphy bunting because he's been the nickel back the last two games. Things got mixed around pretty early in the New Orleans game because Carlton Davis got thrown out. But in the last game, he's the nickelback. Whether or not he's on the field for the first snap of the game depends on what defensive package you're in. But he's a starter. Uh, The other one, he said corners or defensive backs? Corners. Okay. The other one is Jamel Dean. Um, Yeah, it could be. After the bye, he he came back from his, I think, ankle injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, Had missed about four games. Since then, he's played special teams. I think just one game. I don't think he was in the New Orleans game. So... Yeah, it could happen relatively soon. Coach did say there weren't real big changes made in the lineup during the bye week, but they looked at, they did self scouting, look where you where you have strengths, where you have weaknesses, and um, there could be some shuffling around of players. And if you're, he didn't specify, but if I'm thinking, well, where could we shuffle around players? We can't really do it on the old line right now because of injuries. Where the most obvious thing that that would mean would be the secondary. So right. it's possible. Um, we saw the impact that Ryan Griffin made – or, sorry, that um, Ryan Smith – a lot of people have been asking about Ryan Griffin, too, which is going to be the next mm. question I asked you uh, – that Ryan Smith made on special on teams. Special teams. Yeah. Um, but do we <clears throat> see him getting in as a corner? I would think he'd probably be going to Jamel Dean next, you know, okay. if you're going down the list. Um, yeah, because we've done the Ryan Smith thing. I mean, I'm not saying he's not an option, but right. if, you're, if you're looking for a spark, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, Jamel Dean maybe is a guy. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. Maybe he's a guy that could make more of a difference. But, yeah, Brian, we should definitely give Brian Smith kudos. He's made an instant impact on special teams since he right. came back. Uh, Brian had asked, why have we kept Griffin for all these years uh, <laughs> to have him just sit? <laughs> well, you have to have a backup, right? Right. So, well, because his tenure here has coincided with Jameis Winston's tenure, and Jameis Winston was drafted first overall. Um, I know that's been a roller coaster ride with Jameis, uh, but there's always been reasons to believe that this could be our, whether you, you want to believe or per- person X wants to believe, there's been reasons for people to believe that he could still be the long term franchise quarterback, and he hasn't been hurt much. Mm-hmm. And when he did get hurt, 
um, and then suspended and then briefly benched. Ryan, we happened to have Ryan Fitzpatrick at that time, right? Who was um, obviously the guy with the experience, and he had some big games, and it just hasn't worked out. Yep. It just. It just simply yeah. hasn't. I don't think we brought him here thinking, okay, we're going to keep this guy for five years but never let him see the field. Yeah. It's just the way it's worked out. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Damon asked, uh, do you think an air attack is warranted this Sunday with the Titans' mediocre, mediocre secondary? Uh, what? Uh, we need some points. I think he was basically saying, do you think that this game no, is one where you're going to have to throw? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying what to mediocre secondary? Yeah. Where are you getting that from? So that First was... of all, their, their defense has good numbers almost across the board. I think they're 10th against the pass overall. They, they have two guys that already have three interceptions. Keith Byard might be the most complete safety in the NFL. He's a fantastic player. He's got 15 picks over the last three years mm-hmm. for his safety. I don't know if our team has 15 picks over the last three years. Um, they've got Malcolm Butler. They've got Logan Ryan, who's good. Uh, they've got Adore Jackson, who's, who's really good nickel corner um, that they drafted in the first round, I think, in 18 maybe. I think their secondary is loaded, and the numbers show that they've done very well defensively. You know, this team, Tennessee's defense, hasn't allowed a single team to score more than 20 points in seven games. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. We're Now, we're averaging almost 29 points a game, so it's a little bit of strength on strength. Right. But I completely reject the notion that Tennessee has a mediocre secondary. That being said, we do have the talent, I think, to do well against just about any secondary. Yeah, that's so a great it's point. it definitely could happen. Uh, Brian said, I haven't heard Shaq Barrett's name mentioned in a few weeks. So. I just said it a few minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, so overall um, – That's because – the, the uh, opposition finally decided, you know, maybe we better do some extra stuff to block this guy. Ask, is that's what seems to be the, uh, the game plan has changed. How much do we feel like he still has the capability of being oh, for sure. an impact player, even yeah. now they are noticing that, hey, this is a guy we should pay attention what to. What Shaq did for the first month of the season was just basically have an insane rate of winning his one-on-ones, and he had lots and lots of one-on-ones and because of the way the defense, you know, the opposing offenses were choosing to protect against us. That, that wasn't the guy they thought was the biggest problem. They, they were proven wrong. Mm-hmm. And then in the last two games, he's been a focal point. And you see, you know, Carl Nassib got a sack in the last game, and Dominican Sue and Vita Vea got a sack. Somebody's going to get the sacks, but if they're paying so much attention to him, you know, right. it makes it tougher. Now, JPP coming back, and the fact that he hasn't had a sack for the last two games, it's all going to be cyclical. And I don't know if anybody can win their one-on-ones sustainably at the rate that he was doing so in the first four games, but he clearly can. Right. He's got moves. You can. It, it, those, those, those nine sacks weren't a fluke. Yeah. If you go back and watch the tape, exactly. he's making some fantastic moves on guys, some power moves, really using his hands and his arms well. He knows what he's doing, and he's got the skills. So as soon as he starts getting a clearer path. And then maybe JPP coming back to distract a little bit. Should certainly help. Yes. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks so much for being with us, and we'll see you next week.